Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Craig. And I'm Todd. And we are out of uh, our request month. We are now into December. And this is a fun month for Todd and me because we like talking about holiday movies and uh, those types of things. And uh, we are finally getting around to a franchise that... Uh, I really like. I don't know that Todd is as big of a fan as I am, but uh, we decided to go with uh, Child's Play for this week. And it's not technically a Christmas movie, but it's set in the winter and there's gift giving. So, like, <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> it's close enough, right? It has the Christmas um, spirit, right? <laughs> right. Uh, Child's Play came out in 1988. Uh, it was directed by Tom Holland, who hasn't really directed a lot. Uh, he's kind of uh, a jack-of-all-trades. He's an actor, a writer, uh, a director. Um, but he has directed some notable things, like Fright Night. Mm, which we love that we, movie. Yeah, we love that movie. Uh, he did Thinner, which was okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he wrote one of my all-time favorite movies that we're never going to do on this podcast because it's not horror but cloak and dagger do you know that one nope oh man that you gotta you've got to run out and watch that movie we'll pause the podcast you'll watch the movie we'll come back <laughs> um it's that good wow. okay i'll take your word for it <laughs> anyway yeah tom holland's a great guy yeah and it was written by don mancini and don mancini is really He's done other stuff, but he's kind of known uh, for this franchise. Uh, he he wrote this first movie, and then um, I, did did he write every movie in the franchise? I can't remember. I, I feel like has. maybe he's he's either written or co-written every other movie in this franchise. Right, and uh, he uh, has directed some of the later ones. Mm. Um, and this is a franchise. This is one of the longest la- lasting horror franchises. Period. I mean, they've got uh, Friday the 13th beat. They've got, I, I think that maybe technically there are more Friday the 13th movies. But what I like about this franchise is that they've stuck to the continuity. Um, you know, a lot of franchises, they do reboots and remakes and then there are sequels to remakes and blah, blah, blah. And at one point in this franchise, uh, they had considered rebooting it, you know, kind of starting fresh. Uh, and that's what they thought every. That's what everybody thought they were going to do with Curse of Chucky, uh, and then Curse of Chucky ended up actually being a sequel that that stays true to the initial timeline, um, which I appreciate. And, you know, we can talk more about the sequels and things as we go along, but this is where it started. This is the first wow. movie. It came, it came out in 1988. And I remember watching it when I was a kid. You know, I, I don't know when, probably when it came out on HBO, because we had HBO and my dad taped stuff for us uh, on HBO. And uh, so I have seen this movie probably hundreds of times. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so I, whether it be nostalgia or not, um, I have a big appreciation for this movie. And sitting down to watch it yesterday, I realized that uh, it's probably been a good decade since I've actually sat down and watched this from start to finish. Um, and, uh, you know, in doing so, I... I remember my appreciation for it it's a interesting fun different little slasher movie and uh, i i like it you know i saw it when i was a kid too but i couldn't tell you when i i mean i wouldn't have seen it in the theaters 1988 uh, my parents wouldn't have taken me to see this so you're right it was probably on tv it was probably on hbo or something like that but even then when it was in the theaters this was a notorious film I mean, I remember this film being about as notorious amongst us as kids as Friday the 13th, as like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Like, when it came out, it was a huge deal. And it was a huge deal also because, as I remember, it was it was pretty controversial, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, parents yeah. were up in arms about this movie. Uh, and it was on the news and all that, uh, about how it might influence kids and, and, and be bad, like this idea. It's funny because the whole idea of a killer doll is absolutely nothing new. 
Right. Um, and we've seen it before and tons of even black and white films. I'm thinking the Twilight Zone episode with Talking Tina with Telly Savalas in it. Yep. There was a movie called um, Dead of Night, I believe, a British movie, one of the earlier anthology movies from like the 40s that has like a ventriloquist, a talking ventriloquist doll. And I feel like like that the ventriloquist doll coming alive trope has happened uh, you know a few times uh, i think even tom holland said that he was inspired by some of those earlier movies as well as what uh, what's that made for tv movie trilogy of terrors with the mm-hmm. little zulu yeah. doll running around so uh, what i read was that he got the idea that you know hey it's been a while since we've had one of these talking doll killer movies and we haven't been able to do it with all the latest updates and animatronics to make it really cool and that kind of set him on the path as well as um the pop culture landscape at the time which i mean this was the era of the cabbage patch dolls yep. this was the era of my buddy uh, my buddy my buddy <laughs> I, I love it when you sing todd we can I'm all sure that <laughs> I'd sing the whole thing. You know, like we all know that song, right? Like we all remember yep. this from that from that time. And, you know, Cabbage Patch Dolls was a huge phenomenon and marketing to kids in general was a big thing and and it, it was also very controversial at this time. Like this was the time like I was a huge He-Man guy and this was the time that all the He-Man cartoons were on TV and those dolls and those cartoons were explicitly you know, one and one made to market toys to children. That with the G.I. Joes and the Transformers was a huge, um, again, more huge controversy at the time, you know, that people are really taking advantage of and shouldn't be targeting to children so much and making all these TV shows and, and, and toy crossovers that really are kind of manipulative, you know, just right. to get parents to buy things. And my understanding is that Tom Holland's father was an advertiser. He knew all this full well, and that was also in his mind when he was developing this idea for this this movie. Yeah, that was kind of the inspiration, I guess. I mean, I think originally that uh, it was meant to be a satire of that, of all the marketing that was going on towards kids, and it just kind of uh, evolved into this horror movie. And And you know, they started out with some different ideas. Um, what we get basically is a possessed doll, uh, and and the way that it's played out in the movie is that it's it's possessed by this criminal who had some uh, knowledge of voodoo. Okay, but originally, what it was supposed to be, I what I read at least um, was that uh, it was supposed to be this doll, and. Tom Holland or Don Mancini, I I think it was Don Mancini, I don't remember, uh, one of them in an interview confirmed that, yes, the design of this doll was based on the Cabbage Patch Kids, which were crazy popular when we were kids, when they first came out. Like, you know, like, uh, many of our listeners might remember when Tickle Me Elmo came out, and, like, it was madhouse and people were like beating other people to get their hands on this toy (laughs) i mean that's that's what cabbage patch was like when we were kids um but as you said it was clearly i mean it there's no denying you just can't deny that this chucky doll looks just like that freaking my buddy doll from when we were kids except it's got red hair i mean it looks just like it it does it had to be inspired by it it's the same Um, size and everything yeah yeah exactly uh, and I don't even know why, as kids, we found that appealing. You know, like, I remember wanting one of those My Buddy dolls. I didn't get one, and I applaud my parents for not <laughs> falling <laughs> for not falling victim to that stupid ad campaign because it was just this great big giant doll, and, like, who cares? But um, the So I guess originally the concept was it was supposed to be, like, this kind of My Buddy doll, and... Um, it was supposed to like it was it was going to be it was made out of vinyl but it could be injured and it could be cut and it would bleed and then you would have to go to the store to buy these special my buddy band-aids to like heal it or whatever and so the original concept <laughs> Totally a doll for boys. <laughs> I know. I, I'm gonna, I, and I'll keep saying my buddy. It's not my buddy. It's good guys. They're good guy dolls. That's right. Um, but the the idea was that then you would have to buy these band aids. But whatever the original concept was, that Andy, the kid in the movie, his doll that he got from his mom was gonna get 
injured, and instead of getting it a Band-Aid or whatever, he he made like a Blood Brother pact with it, and the mixing of his blood and the doll's blood caused this doll to come alive, and you know the original concept of the movie i just find really fascinating because it yeah. ends up being something totally different which is good i mean i i like what it became but the original concept is interesting too it was um in the original concept it was supposed to be much more of a mystery like we were supposed to wonder is this doll really doing things or is Andy the kid really doing it and passing it off on the doll? Um, and so there was a lot more intrigue and suspense and a lot less of us actually seeing the doll do things. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that that, that concept is, is an interesting concept. It didn't end up being that, but cool nonetheless. Well, it's a really interesting psychological concept, and I feel like there's shades of that idea in this movie, because that idea would have been, like, the doll or, I think it was the doll was going to, like, basically kill all the people that Andy, like, had a had a beef with, right? In the middle right. of the night. Like, like the babysitter or the teacher who, you know, harassed him and things like that. And so it's kind of a, right. a Andy's damaged psyche lashing out at the world. And, and and I feel like there's just a grain of that still in this movie in that Andy um, doesn't have a father figure in his life. He's, right. uh, his mother is divorced, and it seems like, to me anyway, the real appeal to Andy of having this doll. And it almost, it almost seems very explicit uh, in the middle of the movie, uh, or earlier in the movie, where Andy has the doll in his bed. And it's, it's after he's received the doll, and the mother comes in and is kissing him goodnight and says, Oh, do, do you, are you scared? Do you want to come in and... and and sleep with me tonight and he says no i don't need to i have chucky and mm-hmm. you know he he's she's like okay and she leaves out and i thought oh that's interesting it's like chucky is like now the missing father figure and maybe that's why he wanted this doll so bad is to sort of project you know this right. onto him and so there it feels like there are little shades of that in this movie but it doesn't obviously it's a completely different it's actually a much more straightforward horror plot um than yeah that. Right, right, and I, I I read somewhere that um, that the original plot was kind of then I don't know if it was stolen or borrowed or whatever, but um, it was used more for a movie called Pinocchio's Revenge, which sadly I've seen. <laughs> oh, no. That looks like a really crappy movie. I, I, I know the box art for that. Does it have like it's really a- crappy CGI and stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Oh man! Oh god, I I haven't seen it. It's probably been twenty years since I've seen it, but oh, it was bad. But <laughs> anyway, if you want to get that more psychological twist on it, watch Go that see terrible Pinocchio's movie. Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but don't but don't request that we see it. <laughs> yeah, please, 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 you you sadomasochistic fans out there requesting things. Okay. Um, so anyway, all right, so let's get to this movie. This movie, okay, it starts out with a cop chasing a criminal down an alleyway. And this cop ends up being, his name is Mike, and he's played by Chris Sarandon, totally famous guy. He was uh, the principal villain in Fright Night. He was the bad guy in Princess Bride. Totally recognizable, great actor. And he's chasing this uh, criminal uh, whose name ends up being Charles Lee Ray who is played by Brad Dourif. And Brad Dourif, I think, will forever be known as the voice of Chucky. Like, that is his legacy. Mm. And and rightfully so, because he does it with such glee. And, like, he's just so freaking good at it. Um, that uh, and, and that's what, when they talked about doing a remake or a reboot, um, Don Mancini was on board and said, you know, we can reboot this, but we have to keep Brad Dourif. There, there's nobody else that can, can be Chucky. Uh, and, and I totally agree with that. But Brad Dourif, in his own right, is a really good actor. You've seen him in a bazillion things. Um, he played a really super sympathetic character in Cuckoo's Nest, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, he was a cop in the Halloween remake, but he's been in a million things. He's a great actor, but it just seems like he takes such delight in voicing this character. And I really, I, I, I think that he is probably 90% of why this franchise has lasted. Um, he's just 
endearing in this in this role, even though he's the villain. Like he's a super endearing villain. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, he he's a fantastic villain in this. Um, and even when he gets into Chucky, the voice acting is is crazy. Uh, it's just intense. Okay, it's just intense. Um, and, and yeah, and you really need a good villain at the beginning of this because he just comes across as an absolute evil guy uh, from the very beginning. Just this first five minutes of the movie, you're you're totally convinced uh, that this guy is capable of of doing what he does. Okay, so the cop is chasing him. It's funny, I read that there was an alternate ending. Apparently there were all kinds of deleted scenes, alternate endings, alternate beginnings, um, and deleted scenes throughout, but su- supposedly these have been lost. Like Don Mancini says, you know, they... they just got rid of uh, all of the excess stuff when they did the editing. But initially in the beginning, I I guess that Mike, the cop, Chris Sarandon, was dressed in drag, like posing as a prostitute. (laughs) <laughs> to try to lure to try to lure this uh strangler. I don't remember what they call him. They call him like the East Side Stranglers. I don't remember what they call him. Yeah. Um and but we don't sadly we don't get uh Chris Sarandon in drag. But That's if you shame. watch carefully in the very beginning, um what we see is is at the beginning of a chase, and if you watch carefully, you can see that uh, the cop throws a garment to the side. That was his drag dress, <laughs> but that's all we get of it. <laughs> but he chases this guy, and it's Charles Lee Ray. Apparently, he's got the criminal uh, has like a, a cohort waiting for him. This guy named Eddie, Eddie Caputo. But when his cohort sees the cops, he takes off. Charles Lee Ray has no real choice but to break into this toy store uh, where the cop follows him in. And it's, I don't know, nobody's going to care about this because probably most of the people that listen to our podcast aren't as old as us, but it was so nostalgic of me to see, for me to see this 80s toy store oh my God. filled, was, filled with all these toys that were real. Like, yes. I remember these toys. They could have had all kinds of fake toys on the shelves, but they chose to put real toys on there. And the whole time in this scene, I spent most of the time looking at the background, looking at the foreground, <laughs> checking out all these toys. I even rewound it a little bit. So I <laughs> Watch it again. <laughs> I did too. I mean, there was like Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur and like, oh, just so like many. An like a one car. There was that yeah. like game we all, that the cool kids had. Oh, it was awesome. Just, just so beautifully 80s. What was also so beautifully 80s was this whole um, chase scene. Like it's it's so Miami Vice. They're outside, yes. in the smoky, wet streets in the dark, and they're like jumping over cars and shooting at each other. And the accuracy of their guns is like they're holding. They have handguns, but the accuracy of their handguns from far away is just amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, it's great. It's great. I mean, it's it's a it's a picture of a different time, young <laughs> lads and lassies out there. <laughs> But uh, so Mike, the cop, sh- gets a couple of shots in like he uh, he shoots the bad guy a couple of times and um, Charles Lee Ray eventually realizes that he's going to die. And he's like, oh, crap, I'm dying. Like he <laughs> like, really says, says that. that. Maybe, maybe not the crap part. But <laughs> you hear that, you son of a bitch? <coughs> I'm going to get you for it. I'm gonna get you, and I'm gonna get Eddie, no matter what! But he collapses in this pile of good guy dolls, and he looks at the good guy dolls and has like this aha moment, and then he starts doing this voodoo (laughs) thing that... That carries throughout the uh, rest it's of so the series. It's so thankfully. corny, though. <laughs> it, it is corny, but... No, it's not. Shut up. It's hilarious. The sky's getting all dark. It's like Ghostbusters when, uh, the, the, you know, the scene at the end, like, so these dark clouds billow in and lightning starts striking the building. It's pretty dramatic voodoo. Oh, totally. And he's chanting, and he's got this, Ade, Due, Dembala, which I know, because I say that a lot in my real life because you possess well, dolls yeah but um and so so he does this chance and then <laughs> lightning strikes the whole store and the whole store explodes and the the cop gets blown out of the store but then he comes back in and he sees that charles lee ray is dead 
And that's the setup. And then we get to meet our main character, who is Andy. Um, Andy is played by this little kid called Alex, Alex Vincent. Now, little kids in horror normally are super annoying. Regardless of how cute they're supposed to be, they are usually super annoying. It's usually super bad acting or like totally trite and contrived and stupid. I love this kid. This kid is so sweet. He is so sweet. He is just like the he's got these huge doe eyes and he should be annoying because he's a kid. All kids are annoying, but he's he's so endearing. They kind of play a trick on you actually, I think, in the beginning, maybe to make him even more endearing. I think it works. Like, you know, when we're first introduced to him, he's watching TV and he's watching this this cartoon. It's the good guy's cartoon. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I already saw this. And he, in the meantime, he runs into the kitchen and he dumps like a whole bowl of good guy cereal <laughs> out. And then he gets like a thing of sugar and just starts spooning sugar into it with milk. Uh, and then he burns some toast and throws that on the plate and dumps this huge scoop of butter, like an ice cream scoop of butter <laughs> onto the toast. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, oh, it's one of those like asshole kids you know what yeah. I mean? Pops a bunch of sugar you know whatever but then he like puts it on a tray with some orange juice and walks into his mom's room and wakes her up to give her breakfast in bed and at that moment my heart just melted i'm sorry oh god no <laughs> i, like, I oh, know this he's is so sweet <laughs> he's a sweet kid and it works um mm. I, I i think they just lucked out i think they lucked out with this cute little kid had it been it could have been any other kid actor, and it could have just been so lame. Um, but but you're endeared to him from the beginning, and, and you have to be uh, in order to enjoy the rest of the movie. Speaking of that scene, I'm sorry, I just have to point out these little details. Like, I loved how, and again, this is vestiges of that whole advertising thing, you know, apparent, how they're like good guy branded things throughout, and there's that good guy cereal. But if you look really closely when he dumps the good guy cereal out, like, it's filled with, like, marshmallows. And yeah. they're actually, like, these huge doll-shaped marshmallows in the cereal <laughs> 10 times the size any cereal marshmallow has ever been they crafted some doll shaped marshmallows to go in the cereal <laughs> but that was the 80s too nobody cared about no. our health when we were we, kids <laughs> I want that cereal back <laughs> I go on the shelves now, and I see all this, it's like, oh, all natural colors. And I'm like, man, Captain Crunch just isn't as bright as it used to be. <laughs> very true, very uh, true. And, and and it is funny, like, he's watching the, the good guy cartoon, which is so, it could have been real, you know? Like, it was oh, so sure. reminiscent of the cartoons that we watched. And then it cuts immediately from the good guy cartoon to a good guy commercial where there's this man in this big <laughs> creepy good guy suit <laughs> it's awful how did anybody ever think that that would be cool oh. I, I don't know i it, like it's funny because when i was a kid i wasn't scared of that stuff and now as adults i look at it and i'm like oh my god that's so freaking <laughs> creepy <laughs> there's a lot of this whole good guy franchise that's actually really creepy <laughs> right the guy is one of them for sure. But, you know, it's it's a pretty accurate depiction. I mean, it's almost like oh. Barney, you know. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary. It's exactly the way things were in the 80s and even in the early 90s, too. It turns out it's Andy's birthday and there are gifts wrapped for him. And um, I guess apparently this good guy franchise has been going on for a while, but they're just now releasing the dolls and the <laughs> dolls can can talk and they can say three sentences and – Andy's watching the commercial and he looks over at his presence and one of the presents is this great big box that it like he smiles at it like it's just so cute like (laughs) ha ha I'm getting a good guy doll Um, but he goes and wakes up his mom and uh, she's nice her name is Karen she's played by Catherine Hicks who's also been in tons of stuff Uh, probably most notably she was the mom in seventh heaven for like 500 years Mm. Um, but she's been in lots of stuff and she's she's endearing as well uh her her acting gets a little melodramatic about halfway through the movie but 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 she's nice yeah she's nice (laughs) she's 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 a mom 
She's concerned about her son, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he opens his presents and it turns out that the big box is actually just a box of clothes and he's visibly upset and she and she gives him a good guy's toolbox um, and he's like, well, that's nice, but I wish I had a good guy to go with it. And she says, I, I know, but I didn't know about it in time. Uh, to save up for it this month, but I'll I'll get you one at some point. And then we cut to her at work. Apparently, she's a single mother. You said she's divorced. I don't think she's divorced. I think she's a widow. Yeah, I think you're right. The reason that I say that is because I hadn't noticed this before I read stuff about the movie, but if you... In their apartment, there are these several 8 by 10 headshots <laughs> of some gentleman who I assume is supposed to be Andy's dead dad. <laughs> you have a way with words, Craig. You really do. But, you know, you feel for her. She's trying. Um, it, it's also funny because, you know, like she's supposed to be down on her luck. She can't afford this doll. Meanwhile, they live in one of the most beautiful Chicago yeah. apartments I've ever seen. Like I lived in Chicago briefly and I lived in a pretty nice apartment. It was pretty nice. And, of course, that was mm, – early 2000s, uh, but that apartment was like 1200 bucks a month. This apartment that they live in has to be like... <laughs> 12000 bucks a month. It, it's, you know, I thought initially it was the Bradbury building, which has been in a billion movies and looks a ton like this, but actually, it, and, and there were bees all over the place um, in the wrought ironwork and whatnot, uh -huh. but actually it's a different old classic Chicago building. So they live in this fantastic building, but apparently they're also down on their luck. And the mom works at a jewelry counter in a department store. And she's working there, and her friend Maggie uh, comes in and says, You know that doll that you wanted for Andy? Well, it costs a hundred bucks. Yeah, the good guy doll. There's a peddler in the alley behind the store, and I think he's got one. What? What would a peddler be doing with a doll? Who cares? Would you grab your purse and come on? We can get a deal on it. Well, I just think it's kind of funny, like, Maggie, the friend, like, she just kind of shops in the alley before she comes to work <laughs> just to see. <laughs> Just to see, maybe, you know, if there are any good deals or whatever. I think it's, I think it's cute how they use the word peddler throughout this film. I'm thinking, peddler? Like, I think of that, like, like Charles Dickens, maybe? There's a right. peddler down the street? Right, or, like, right. he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. Uh, that is where this, the movie crosses over with Christmas, by the way, is the constant use of this word peddler that I don't think anybody <laughs> has used since the uh, 19th century. <laughs> Except in this film. They keep saying it over and over again. I would have said, there's a bum in the back who's right, got a right. doll. <laughs> <laughs> I might say hobo, but that's... That... <laughs> You're just as bad as Peddler. Just as bad. <laughs> oh, God. But Maggie. And, and Maggie is played by Dinah Maynoff, who people will also recognize. I always recognized her, but I was always, always kind of like, where is she from? Um, I, eventually, I think that I remembered her. She was like the dorky sister from Empty Nest. But I always forget that she was in Greece, too. She was, uh, she was Marty from Greece. Oh, and and you're she's right. cute. She's cute and funny in this movie. I like her. She's like the sassy best friend. She is. Um, she kind of reminded me a little bit of like Carrie Fisher's later roles. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Quirky, fun, tough. So they go out there, and and this creepy hobo has uh, one of the good guy dolls, and so she buys it. <laughs> For thirty dollars, uh, <laughs> it's a hundred dollar doll. Now this part is right. totally accurate, by the way. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> totally not worth a hundred dollars. Totally, oh, you know, just geez. priced based on the hype. But anyway, so she gets it. But then when she gets back, her grumpy '80s boss is mad at her and tells her that she has to work late. She can go home for a couple hours, but she has to come back. And uh, Maggie says, it's okay, well, I'll babysit for you. So uh, the mom goes home, and, and she gives Andy the doll, and of course he's absolutely thrilled. Um, but then she has to go back to work, and uh, Maggie is babysitting, and then that's where things start to get Interesting. Creepy. 
to be honest, this doll is creepy from the get-go. Let's be honest about that. This doll can actually um, open its eyes and say these phrases, but it also moves its mouth and moves its eyes when it does it, uh, which is I think it's it's kind of cool because they're very skillful at when they choose to do this with the doll and when they don't. Um, I really think there's some good choices being made here in the judicious use of the special effects by by uh, Tom Holland's crew or Kevin Yeager who did the doll. This guy did um, the Crypt Keeper from the Tales yes. from Crypt TV series, and apparently he used the eyes from this original Chucky doll for the Crypt Keeper. That's did you right. know that I oh, did. It's so crazy. We're so good. We're so good at reading things online. I know. And then he ended up marrying Catherine Hicks, who plays yeah. mom in this movie. <laughs> From this movie, right? So anyway, yeah, they're at home. He's all excited about the doll, and he's talking with the doll, and he's whispering things with the doll. And, you know, just like a kid plays with the doll. It's like the doll's talking to him. But we know, oh my gosh, maybe the doll's really talking with him. So there are times when the doll actually opens its mouth and talks. But when it opens its mouth and talks, it says these stock phrases. It seems like it can activate whenever, like it's voice activated or something. It just kind of right. comes on when it wants to, which is also pretty creepy. Um, but then you get the sense that it's whispering things to him under its breath without moving anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that We know that because we've seen you know, the ads for this movie before we go watch right. it. The doll says to Andy that he wants to watch the 9 o'clock news. Um, and of course, Maggie thinks this is just a ruse to get uh, for Andy to stay up later. And she says, "No, you're not. You're going to go to bed." What has been on the news before she flipped the the channel off uh, was the report that Eddie Charles Lee Ray's cohort, uh, who skipped town, um, had actually run off and had gone somewhere. Puts him to bed, and at first I thought she was putting this kid to bed fully clothed, uh, with shoes and everything. <laughs> but it turns out that this kid's this kid's been in his pajamas like all day long, which looked like the good guy doll. <laughs> and they even have like pajama sneakers, yeah, which is strange, but okay, I'll run with it. She goes back in, and she's like doing some fixing something in the kitchen, and she hears the TV turn back on. And when she turns back around and looks in the living room, there is the doll sitting and watching the television, which she, of course, assumes is something funny that the kid did, Andy did. So she grabs the doll, turns off the TV, goes into the room, scolds him, Andy denies it, blah, 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 blah. And then we just get a scene um, that we're expecting where she's sitting, reading a novel. It's all quiet in the house. There's this movement, and we get these POV shots, which, you know, everything is the doll sneaking around. Blocks the front door, and she goes into the kitchen. She thinks it's Andy. There's flour spilled on the floor of the kitchen. She picks up a pot of plant and goes, aha! And there's nothing behind it. And suddenly, she, as she turns around, a big hammer. Now, this is a hammer from, I think it's the, the hammer from the good guy tool set? It is. Yeah. So apparently this good guy tool set has a real hammer. <laughs> in there um okay it was a different time toys were a little less safe back then but uh anyway uh it goes into her face and she flails back and slips on the flower in this kind of rube goldbergian (laughs) manner um ends up catapulting out the window of this you know i don't know it's like eight stories up in this building falling out the window down to her death uh on top onto a car and so that's the first kill of the movie, uh, and uh, Andy's asleep through the whole thing. And the next thing we have is the mother coming home to police around her apartment, running upstairs. It turns out it's her apartment, and there's a detective. There's happens to be Chris Sarandon. The same detective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only detective in Chicago. In, in Chicago, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He does it all. He, ch- he chases and shoots the criminals, uh, and then he investigates, you know, deaths, apparently. It's kind of funny that this woman would get home before she realizes that there are cops all through in and throughout her apartment with her kid. But, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, and I, d- I don't want to dwell on it too much because we've still got a lot of plot to cover. But that first kill is my favorite one because it's 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 very Hitchcockian. Um, like, yeah. you get the POV shots and you... You, you know, you don't see the killer. You just kind of see her take the hammer to the face from kind of a POV kind of perspective. And uh, then she goes flying out the window. Um, it's 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 kind of old school murder thriller. Uh, and and yeah. I really like that. It is. And we and the thing is, we don't see hardly anything of the doll. 
Right. We Nothing see little, at this I mean, point. it's clearly the doll because we see little flashes of it, but that's about it. I mean, barely a hand or anything. It's just a hammer. And then, okay, so then the, the cops come and they're investigating and there's the good guy footprints in the flour that was spilled uh, in the kitchen. And so the the cop is suspicious of Andy. And, 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 you know, this, I think, is kind of the remnants of what was initially intended, where you're not supposed to know if it's really the doll or if it's really Andy. I mean, we know it's the doll. It, it was, <laughs> like you said before, in the advertising, it was clear. You know, it's, it's not like they were trying to hide anything from us. So then, so after the mom gets rid of the cops and uh, she hears Andy talking in his room, so she goes in there... To talk to him, and uh, she's like, who are you talking to? And she's like, Chucky. And and the mom's like, oh? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Chucky's been talking to you too, hasn't he? What's he been saying? All kinds of things. His real name is Charles Lee Ray, and he's been sent down from heaven by Daddy to play with me. Yes, has, he? Anything else? Yes. He said Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite line. Oh, my God. It's just so funny to hear the little cute kid deliver it. It's so funny. Sweet kid. Oh, it's hilarious. And she's like, don't say that. She's like, I know you're just upset because of what happened, but don't say that. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, So then we cut to the next day where the mom takes Andy and Chucky to school, which I also think is hilarious because who would let their kid take a doll that's the same size as the kid (laughs) to school? But – but the filmmakers answer that question by showing us that other kids are also carrying in their <laughs> good guy dolls. That's right. There's somebody <laughs> in the background with a giant teddy bear just to let us know that the world is filled with just good guy dolls, but kids are still allowed to take huge uh, dolls to school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's frowned upon, young parents. <laughs> Please do, do not today. send your kids to school with their huge toys anyway okay so she takes them there but as soon as she leaves andy sneaks out and of course the implication is that chucky is telling him to do all these things and then it's like baby's day out where like andy like (laughs) he gets on the l and like he takes the l all through chicago and like somehow Nobody questions him. He doesn't have to buy a ticket. Nothing. He like so he takes the L to the ghetto. He takes the L and- to Bumtown. You know. <laughs> right. It's, it's the typical movie Bumtown. Listen again. I've lived in Chicago, and there are places that you don't want to get off on the L. But I I I don't I don't recall seeing people standing around, you know, trash can fires. <laughs> I. I guess that was the 80s. I don't know. Anyway, so what ends up happening is that Chucky leads Andy to Eddie Caputo, his his partner, his cohort's place. His his rat-infested crack house. Right. There's which so also, many rats. Which <laughs> also is like a three-story apartment that he just, <laughs> just camps out squats in. Right? <laughs> There's so many rats in this place that like dishes and pots are moving on the on the counters and in the sink. Right. And so Andy needs to pee, so he goes in peace. <laughs> and I think, yeah, he needs to tinkle. And uh, my fav- one of my favorite parts of this movie, and it's so silly, is like when Andy is peeing, he like shouts back over his shoulder, and all of a sudden he's like a 30-year-old man. He's like, you okay, Chucky? <laughs> Like, like pulling his wiener out and peeing in the snow has has made him super more masculine and mature. Hey, this man has crossed a, a threshold into adulthood already. He's <laughs> he's ridden the L. He's in Bumtown. He's out on his own for the first time. He's taking his first piss in the snow. Of course, he's going to sound like right. a <laughs> grizzled. <old man. laughs> 
And this is the part, like, you actually see Chucky's hands opening doors and stuff. Like, there's no question at this point that it's the doll. And Chucky turns on the gas on the stove and blows out the pilot light. And Eddie comes down because he hears noise. And <laughs> Eddie, he ends up... <laughs> Eddie's an idiot, man. Eddie just r- basically runs from room to room shooting at nothing. <laughs> right. He has zero dialogue like this man never speaks in the whole movie he just runs around and shoots his gun it's like a 45 magnum or something yeah it's huge and so the house blows up i guess because of the explosion the cops were alerted and they get andy and bring him back to the cop station and then they call in his mom who didn't even know that he was gone from school i mean come on school you're not even gonna tell the mom that the kid didn't show up or whatever it was the 80s we did this all the time you know nobody cared first right? viewers day off you've seen this stuff nobody it's well cared. documented in 80s films that we could do this exactly. all the time so the mom comes to the police station and and she ends up alone with uh andy and and she's like nobody believes you chucky is not real if you don't tell the truth they're gonna take you away which is what happens. Well, it's yeah. it's cute because because Andy has this little outburst against Chucky. He's like, "Come on, say something. Do it. Do it." And then like when the doll doesn't say anything, this little kid, and I have to give him so much credit cuz he really acts like a real little kid. Like he gets really mad and like he starts beating up the doll <laughs> like, "You asshole, say something. <laughs> They're going to take me away." <laughs> It is a bit of a change of heart for Andy. (laughs) (laughs) But Chucky doesn't say anything, so they immediately they send Andy to the loony bin, which is is hilarious. This is hilarious. We we don't see the loony bin until about twenty minutes later, but when we do, it's like prison. It's, like, no, it's worse than prison. It's like an abandoned prison. Like the paint is falling off the walls, and it's got big metal bars in the hallways and things. It's terrible. It, oh, oh my gosh. it's we'll, hilarious. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but that it leads. Okay, so the mom has to go home without her kid, and she's mad. Two, you know, about this whole situation. And so she yells at Chucky, like, say something, you bastard. And of course, he doesn't say anything because he's a doll. But then she goes and, and looks at the box, I guess, to look at the specs or whatever for this doll. <laughs> well, I, I thought that she turned it upside down, but she didn't. It's just like miraculously, the batteries just fall out of the bottom of the box, which makes her realize that the batteries aren't in the doll. And that. <sighs> This this scene is my favorite scene of the whole movie, and I feel mm. like it's 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 kind of iconic. <laughs> oh. I love this scene. You know, it it actually draws from some of those earlier movies. You know, it's the same kind of reveal where this doll that's been talking this whole time, because that's a feature. You know, it turns out, oh, they, you know, it doesn't have the batteries in it or whatever. Uh, as soon as she sees this, the doll's head spins around and yells at her. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> I don't know how many times that, uh, as kids in the schoolyard, we quoted this. Even, we didn't have to see the movie. Somehow we right. all knew this line was in the movie. It was like in the trailers or something. It just brought me back to my childhood. And she screams and drops the doll, and it rolls under the sofa. So she gets down, and she lifts the flap on the sofa, and she can see the doll. She pokes it a few times, and it doesn't do anything. She pokes it a couple more times. Finally, she pulls the doll out, and then she starts yelling at it, runs to the fireplace, uh, pulls a thing of matches off the top, lights a match on the fireplace, and drops it in there, turns the gas on, drops it in there, so the fireplace is going. She holds it up. I said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm going to throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Did you fuck with me? Up until this point, it has been this totally annoying, but cute faced doll and at this point the face just turns super ugly and mean um like it's clearly a different prop it's shocking i mean it's pretty darn scary just it is abruptness of everything happening at once and i mean you you see it coming but you don't expect it like that you, mm-hmm. you just don't expect it to be that that harsh. And so, yeah, it's scary. Now, then we then we kind of go into, you know, we've talked about this in Puppet Master before, the sort of weird doll physics that are suddenly in play with right, regular right. doll movies. She's struggling with this doll that she's also holding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you got to overlook that, and it's trying to attack her. The doll pulls out a knife from somewhere. Now, please help me. Where did this knife come from? Because it's a really iconic knife. Was it also in the tool set? 
I don't know. <laughs> no, it's like it's like red on the side, and it has like stripes up it. I mean, it is not a knife from the kitchen. You no, know, it's, it's like decorative. It's like a decorative dagger or something. Right. Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know, but he's got one, stuff. and it's scary. You didn't read this on the internet somewhere? No, I didn't read anything about the knife. It's so funny because it's an excellent question and one that never had really even crossed my mind. I mean, that's that's just his good guy knife. He probably had it. He probably <laughs> had it, had the it. the whole time. <laughs> right. It was in his good guy belt the whole time. You know. It was like a little fun surprise for kids to find later. Yeah, like next to the good guy mace, right? The good guy sleeping pills. And, and then – the movie moves on to the detective part of the movie. And this happens a lot in horror movies, and it, it, it gets a little old sometimes. It doesn't bother me in this because it's really fast-paced, and it happens, you know, everything happens pretty quickly. It's not drawn out too much. Andy's in the mental hospital, and so now it's the mom trying to figure everything out. And so I feel like first she goes to the cop, and and she's like, the doll is real. And he's like, no, it's not. And she's like, yes, it is. Look, it bit me. And he's like, oh, well, whatever. And so then she goes back to find the peddler that sold it to her, and she he's does. Like, don't go with that part of town at this time of night. You can't do it. I'm going to go do it. She runs off and does it. So uh, she finds him. Right. Um, and then he almost rapes her. Uh, but right. then Chris Sarandon comes in because I guess Saves he's been the tracking her. Yep, the whole time. They find out from the peddler that the doll, the where the peddler got the doll from was the burned out toy shop. And that startles Mike. Not enough to make him believe that all this weird stuff has actually happened. Right. So he drops her off at the apartment. Um, she's yelling at him. And finally he, he drives off. And it turns out that Chucky has made its way into his car. Because as he's driving, the doll comes from the back seat and throws a, I think they were like jumper cord cables, mm-hmm. probably from the trunk or something, over his neck and starts strangling him. And then we have, a, I thought it was a really cool scene too, where he's in the car speeding down the road, Chucky strangling him. And then he gets free of the strangulation, but then Chucky has his knife and he's trying to stab him through the seat in various places. And Chucky's, Chucky's aim is really terrible. I mean, you've only got to get this guy who is smack dab in the middle of the driver's seat, and he seems to stab <laughs> everywhere but that. And also, Chris Sarandon really needs to just, like, stop driving the car. <laughs> like, right, like, hit the brakes, out. dude. Chucky ends up getting under the seat and pu- pushing the gas pedal to force him to go further, and, and they end up uh, flipping over. And then he's inside the car. And, you know, I feel like I haven't really seen this in many movies either, where there's a guy inside a crashed car upside down kind of trapped in there and the chucky is running around the car and trying and kind of tormenting him mike has the gun and he's shooting at chucky and finally chucky just kind of sort of leaves doesn't he well it's because okay so first mike burns him with the cigarette lighter then he shoots at him and chucky says it doesn't matter because you can't hurt me anyway but then mike does shoot him and it does hurt him, which makes Chucky run away, which kind of leads into the next uh, bit. That's right. Apparently, okay, so now Mike believes the mom, so he goes back to her. Meanwhile, she's been investigating. All of this gets a little bit contrived in this part. Yeah, because uh, Mike then goes into the office at the police station and decides to pull Ray's file. And right. he goes back to Karen. He says, I decided to pull Ray's file, and I learned a few things. His nickname was Chucky, and uh, he hung out with a guy named John, who was a voodoo guy. And at this point, I'm thinking, really? I-, I got the sense from the beginning of the movie that this was like a guy that you tracked and chased down. Like, he was your nemesis for a little while. So why did you have to go and pull his file to learn these two very extremely right. basic facts <laughs> right, about him? Right. But anyway. Right, and so Chucky goes to the voodoo guy. I didn't think anybody could hurt me. But last night I got shot. You know something? It hurt. It hurt like a son of a bitch had even bled. And why is that, John? You're turning human. What? The more time you spend in that body, the more human you become. 
Chucky's like, well, tell me how to fix it. And the voodoo guy's like, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to call the police. So he goes to run to call the police, but Chucky pulls out a voodoo doll of the guy. He, like, breaks the leg. Like, he's torturing this guy through the voodoo doll or whatever. And so the guy reveals to him, you have to do the ritual with the first person that you revealed yourself to. Uh, and then your soul will transfer into his body. And Chucky laughs and is like, ha ha ha, the first person I told my secret to is a six-year-old kid. I'm going to be six again. <laughs> Meanwhile, the mom and Mike, like, it's just, it's funny. Like, it didn't bother me in the movie. Like, no. it didn't bother me at all. Talking about it, it sounds super contrived. But the mom and the cop are just always one step behind him. Like, yeah. they, <laughs> like they, they burst in <laughs> as this guy's dying and Chucky's already left. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, so the voodoo guy's like, uh, protect the boy, protect the boy. So they take off to the hospital. But of course, Chucky's already got there andy in this prison of a <laughs> mental institution i mean there's bars on the window the floors are concrete like he's, he's got nothing in his room he's on clearly like a prison bed it's, he's still wearing awful. his coat like it's cold <laughs> like it's ridiculous <laughs> he's like rattling the bars of the door like let me out let me out <laughs> He sees Chucky coming and he, you know, he rattles the door and is like, let me out, let me out. And I actually, I really liked that scene because this, the poor little kid. But Chucky is here and he's going to kill me. heartbreaking it's terrifying i don't know how they got this kid into this place and i hope that he was okay afterwards (laughs) but like he was clearly really upset and crying and scared he did a really good job good job uh alex whatever your name is alex vincent good job (laughs) i'm impressed but then there's a whole deal where chucky chases andy through the mental hospital and the doctor ends up kind of restraining Andy and in the operating room or something like that. Of this right. Hospital. Which looks again, looks like an insane, insane asylum. Like it looks observatory like, yeah, it looks like they room, do like lobotomies in there. Or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, Chucky, the, the, the doctor's trying to sedate Andy, but Andy's kind of fighting. Fortunately, Chucky shows up and, uh, kills the guy he puts an electroshock <laughs> thing on his head and shocks him to death and the doctor's like bleeding from his mouth and his eyes and again another uh, something that made it so scary was that andy this little kid is watching this happening and he's just saying stop 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 like yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying but to think of this little kid witnessing this but on the other hand, it felt like they were reaching for another... I mean, this isn't like Friday the 13th. This right. is not the kind of movie that requires Chucky to have lots of creative different ways of killing right. people. Instead of just running over with the scalp he has in his hand and just like stabbing him a few times. I actually remembered this scene as being from one of the sequels because it's much more characteristic of the sequels. These kind mm. of creative kills. Premeditated kind of thing. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. This was certainly not premeditated enough for for this to happen. Yeah, right. Weird. Andy runs away, and then five seconds later, the mom <laughs> and the cop show up at the, the hospital, and they're like, where's Andy? <laughs> the cop's partner, who just pops in every once in a while, is like, oh, it seems like Andy killed the doctor, and then he ran off. And so Mike, the cop, is like, well, where would he have gone? And she said he would have gone home. That's where I always told him to go. And so we see immediately that Andy is home and he's trying to like barricade the door and stuff. Uh, And we know that the mom and the cop are on their way to help, but he's by himself for now. And that leads to the final showdown. And the final showdown plays out pretty much exactly as you would expect it to. But Mm. at the same time, I found it very satisfying. Like, yeah. It's a lot it's a lot of chasing, it's a lot of ha ha surprise I got you kind of stuff, but um it just it worked out it, for me. 
He chases Andy around. The mom and the cop. He knocks Andy out with the baseball bat. He starts to do the ritual. The clouds and the lightning come back, but the mom and the cop interrupt, and then uh, he knocks the cop out. But then the best part is when the mom gets Chucky into the fireplace, and she's she's got her back pinned so that the he's held in there by the fireplace great she can turn the gas on but she knocks the matches off and she can't get them off and she's like andy help me help me andy's basically frozen but then he comes over and he gets the match and he strikes the match and immediately chucky reverts back to his doll voice and says andy no please we're friends to the end remember this is the end, friend. Oh, God. I can't tell you how many times my sister and I said that to each other <laughs> <laughs> growing up. Did you, did you lock each other in the fireplace, too? As oh, you were doing God. We, uh, she was the crazy one. Mm. That's, a, that's a story for another day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky's all burnt up, and he jumps out of the fireplace and is like running around the apartment setting the furniture on fire, which they never address <laughs> <No>. again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this apartment should like, be like in flames. Fire, yeah, the fires just went out on their own. But he burns up and he falls down and he's apparently dead, um, which is one of the first of few wow. false... <laughs> I, I have to admit, like at this point, th- I was ready for the movie to be over. Like, oh, that was nice. That was a really yeah. good finale, and it would have been better if they yeah. had left it there. And it had to bring in, <laughs> it had to bring in his his stupid detective friend. He shows up later, and Mike is like, "The doll, the doll came alive and attacked us." And he's like, "Yeah, right." He's like, "We'll go out in the hallway. He's there, but don't touch anything." Uh, and so the guy goes out. And sure enough, the doll's all burned up in pieces in the hallway. And the first thing he does is pick up the head. And he looks right. at it, and he tosses it back and forth, and he comes in like a jokester, and is like, here's your doll, talk to it, look, don't tell me it can talk to you, blah, 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 blah. And then out of the grate in the wall? Yeah, the vent. Yeah. The vent in the wall? This arm comes out and grabs him and starts to strangle him? Sorry. Yeah, somehow the, yeah, somehow Chucky's body got into the vents or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> dumb. And then he flops around again, like, oh, this doll's attacking me. We'll just drop it. Right. <laughs> Throw it off of you. <laughs> but, of course, um, Mike is, is too incapacitated by his leg to do anything. And anyway, then there, uh, the, and it turns out that um, the mother grabs the gun and shoots Chucky a few times. Right. Through the heart. Which is what the voodoo guy said she had to do. And, and apparently that's, uh, you know, Chucky's dead. And they all walk out. And the last shot is of little Andy kind of you know, looking back through the door to see him. I don't know. You know, I, I really liked this movie when I was a kid. I watched it over and over and over again and sitting down to watch it again. I still like it. You know, as far as slasher movies go. Yeah, it's solid. Especially slasher movie. Yeah, especially slasher movies from the 80s. It's pretty good. It, and it sounds like such a silly premise. And the premise has been used over and over again dolls, demonic toys, puppet master, you know, like all of these killer doll movies um, have been around. And now there's even kind of, I guess, a resurgence with like Annabelle uh, and whatnot. But uh, this one just, it's good. I like it. It's a good movie. And and I think that that is in large part due the, to the fact that Chucky is such a fun character to work yes. with. That's, that's what, that's what really saves this movie, I think. That yeah. and the kid, the kid's acting. And, you know, it, it became a franchise. It did It did really well. It made $44 million on a $9 million budget. $44 million, as far as blockbusters are concerned, is not that great. But on a $9 million budget, that's pretty darn good. And so, of course, they went forward with sequels. Two, I really liked. I thought it was really good. Three was okay, but I still liked it. They kind of took a turn after three and went more for the comedy with Bride of Chucky. And Bride of Chucky is a fun movie. It's not scary no. <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I've seen Bride of but Chucky. But it's it's funny. That's the one with Jennifer Tilly in it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, I thought it was I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it, actually. But you're right, it's yeah, not it's, funny at all. It's almost like they kind of take the turn that Freddie took, right? Where Chucky just becomes more right. of this, 
almost likable villain who's quip, quipping one liners and is is right. doing horror hijinks. Yeah, and I and I love Jennifer Tilly. You know, I think she's hilarious and she's great in that movie. Then with uh, Seed, they went even further with the comedy, almost too far for me. I don't love that movie. It, it's got its moments that are really really funny, um, but it was. I think that generally speaking, the fans weren't particularly pleased with Seed. And so that's when they started talking about, well, are we going to continue on with sequels or are we going to reboot it? Um, Because it seems like the fans want us to get back to Scary Chucky. The, The rumor was that they were rebooting it. But then Curse came out and surprise, surprise, if you watch it all the way, way through to the end it's not a, re- a reboot it is in fact a sequel and it is in fact keeping with the continuity of the entire series wow. um and i loved it oh my god i loved curse so much uh and then uh the most recent one was uh cult cult of chucky which continued on with kind of the dark tone of curse but they threw at you so many twists and turns and curveballs in that movie i loved it too and uh, mancini apparently has more in store you know he's got ideas for future installments and based on curse and cult i'm really looking forward to them i it's just fun. It's just a fun franchise. It's not serious. It's it's clever. It's jokey. It's funny. It's violent. I I I'm a big fan. And they've main. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they've throughout they've really maintained a commitment to the animatronics, right? And they have. Yep. They haven't done like CGI and stuff for Chucky, right. which is part of the charm of. I even think the the original movie. Part of what makes it so charming is. Uh, the special effects to the animatronics are really quite good. And I feel like with a yeah. killer doll movie, you kind of have to do that, you know? You have to have mm-hmm. real-life animatronics because it's got to have that, that look and that feel of the a doll. But, you know, anima- animatronics, no matter how good they are, are always a little stilted. And, yeah, yeah. But that works really well for a doll that's come to life. It's going to be Absolutely. stilted. It's going to be stretching in unnatural ways um, as the human form or whatever inside of it is kind of pushing and pulling against the plastic, you know, outer shell of it. It just, it just really works. And like we said earlier, those moments in this movie where the happy doll turns into the suddenly the evil doll uh, they are really shocking in part and parcel because of those special effects yep and uh and i loved it i loved it here i thought it was going to look dated i thought it was going to look bad but it doesn't it it really still works today and even though it's a it's kind of a silly movie premise wise it's still it still hits you i think in all the right places for most of it you know the kid like we said is just heartwarming and you really care mm-hmm. about him and you really feel like he's scared uh, and the doll's really sinister and you just feel like he's going to come at them no matter what that you can really overlook some of the silliness in the in the movie just like you will overlook the silliness in so many you know slasher sure. films so you know i really liked it and enjoyed it and i probably end up watching since you're such a big fan I'll probably end up watching more of them myself as well and maybe we'll do more of yeah. them on on the on the series you know yeah, yeah. I mean, you really should. I mean, I I understand the people who are not fans of Bride and uh, Seed because it, it really just goes for dark comedy. It, you know, that that's all it is. It, it's a joke and it's meant to be a joke. And so I get it when people are turned off by that. But I don't know, you know, as far as the, the continuity of the, the series, this came out in 1988. Here we are in 2017 and they're still pumping out these movies it's special there's there's no other uh franchise that has really sustained itself uh well, for that long and, and it's the same people involved right i mean right down to yes. many of the yes. same actors certainly the same writer you know is behind it it's that's impressive too another reason that i like it is because that's rewarding as somebody who's been a fan like in uh in the most recent two they have brought back some of the original actors alex vincent the little boy from the first movie uh, and he was in the second movie also but uh he's back now as an adult and and playing a very active role in the franchise and that's just cool you know it, it feels like a payoff you know like i've i've been giving this 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 franchise my attention for 20 some years i i appreciate it 
Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> now, when Craig and I were digging around um, looking for things uh, associated with this movie, we found an interesting bit of music. <laughs> I'd almost forgotten. When you watch the movie, the end credit sequence is almost like a semi-sinister Enya type music that goes that goes at the end. But apparently there was originally supposed to be a very different end credits music, which for whatever reason, this song was not used. I think they probably felt like it made Chucky a little less scary. It's amazing. Roll it. <laughs> <laughs> to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. We are happy to bring you these reviews. Uh, if there's anything that you would like us to watch, we're going to be tackling winter slash holiday movies for the month of December. But after that, if there's anything that you would like us to watch, please uh, let us know. Please chime in with any comments or discussion that you have. You can find us on Facebook. So you can find us in all the places that you can find uh, your favorite podcast. Until next time, we are your friends to the end. I'm Craig. And I'm Todd. With two guys in a chainsaw. Yeah.